Hello and welcome to the iCrack podcast series from the CCW with your host, Professor Noel Sharkey. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the idea of social responsibility, both within the artificial intelligence community and with robot manufacturers. Both are important for the development and production of nasty new technological weapons. Should they feel a sense of responsibility for their work? Or is that only for the end user? In this episode, I'll be talking to Ryan Garapi, the CTO of ClearPath Robotics in Canada. Despite taking on defence contracts from their government, they've taken the noble step of being the first company to come forward and support a ban on lethal autonomous weapon systems. I also have Stuart Russell here, who's a well-known professor of artificial intelligence at the University of Berkeley in California and a former chair of the computer science department there. Stuart's also a member of the Future of Life Institute and he's in Geneva as one of the invited experts. But as usual, I'm going to say a little bit about this myself. Now I've taught in universities for decades and I can tell you that university courses in computer science and engineering all teach engineering ethics. But unfortunately, as yet, the curriculum does not cover social responsibility or social ethics. It's mainly about responsibility to the client and ensuring that we deliver what they specify. What this means is that if we're charged with developing a big computerized gun, our responsibility would be to make sure that it targets correctly and fires as specified. One of the problems is that many universities are under-resourced and so there's a constant pressure for researchers and professors to raise large funding for the research. Career development promotion can rely on it. I've heard it said here and there that being ethically principled is not always the best way forward to get on in our profession. But I'm glad to see there's a whiff of change in the air. I'm beginning to see more professors taking it on themselves to teach the ethics of technology. And I'm beginning to see more PhD theses containing chunks about how applications can be ethically used. The big engineering institutions are also starting to think about this. But they're very conservative and change is slow in coming. But it is coming. Now when it comes to weapons manufacturers, my experience has not been good. I've been on ethics panels at conferences that mix the military with the manufacturers. At one of these in particular, there were some 2,000 manufacturers registered and a few hundred military personnel. A very large proportion of the military came to our ethics panel and engaged with it. But I didn't see a single manufacturer there. Once when I interviewed a cluster munitions vice president, I asked him, how do you sleep at night knowing what these weapons are being used for? He said, I sleep very comfortably, thank you. We just manufacture the weapons according to our client's specifications. It's not us who decides how to use them. That has always stuck in my head and I've heard this kind of talk many times since. I'm not saying that these are evil people. They're just people like the rest of us. But what they're doing is erecting this kind of moral buffering language to protect themselves from their own social responsibility. Hey, I just made the weapon. I didn't kill the children. What can we do about it? I don't know. 
but we do need to do something, I can tell you that. Anyway, back to the interviews. I asked Ryan Garapi from Clearpath Robotics why he was being so prepared to go where no manufacturers have gone before. I'd like to think instead that because we're a robotics company, we're uniquely positioned to see the pace at which robotics is developing and, the, and combine that with the, the complexity of international regulations and it just shows that we need to start talking about this now because robotics development is not slowing down, it's only speeding up. But because you rely sometimes on Canadian defence money, do you think this could harm your business? It was a risk that we decided to take. In, in speaking with a number of defence scientists and military personnel, most that we speak to are, are on side with the need for, for human control of, of lethal actions. So in, in truth, since we've, uh, since we've made our statement, we've, we've actually heard a lot of support from those, from those areas. I think it's a very brave thing to do. It was a very brave step. And what would you say to other companies about this? What should they do? What responsibility should they take? I, I would seriously encourage any company who's, who's developing technology which could be used in this matter to, to think about how their technology could be used or for researchers to think about how their, researcher, their research work could be used and if they want to see that if they want to see their, their systems, their research, their ideas co-opted like this, for this purpose. Now these are the good guys. They understand the technology better than the rest of us, and they know it's all going to end in tears. So if there's other robotics manufacturers or weapons manufacturers out there listening to this, please come forward, do your duty, do your bit, come forward and work with us. We'll listen to you. So next I turned to Professor Stuart Russell and I asked him, did he think that AI researchers showed any sense of responsibility about their creations? I would say that the field of AI, by and large, with some exceptions, has mostly ignored the question of the ethical uh, impact of AI on society. And partly that's because AI is a young field and has really... um, had a hard time in the past having much impact uh, on society because the problems it deals with are difficult but now um, progress is really accelerating and we are having more and more impact I think in areas such as privacy where AI systems can piece together automatically clues from a vast uh, range of sources in social networks and databases uh, and figure out things about people that uh, would be almost impossible uh, for a human to figure out on that kind of scale. Uh, so they have, they have uh, big implications for privacy. Um, I think we're going to see big impact on employment, uh, autonomous weapons, obviously. Um, and then, you know, in the longer term, the question of, of how we actually control systems that uh, may, along some dimensions, be more capable than human beings. Um, we need to make sure that uh, at every stage of development, Uh, our systems remain under our control and do what we want. So I'm seeing a change in the way the AI community is thinking about it. Um, A couple of years ago, um, I raised the issue of autonomous weapons at a meeting of all of the presidents of the major AI societies from around the world um, and pointed out that uh, so far the AI community hadn't discussed this at all. 
um, and that it might already be too late uh, to have much impact. And that kind of, I think, got people's attention. Uh, and the position has moved from you know, a couple of years ago where there was a general reluctance to have any uh, policy on ethical issues because you know, the, the claim is that you know, we are a scientific society, so we, have, you know, we just encourage the development of science. It's not our job uh, to do ethics to uh, now a position where the AAAI has uh, an ethics uh, and the policy committee um, where they're willing to, uh, for example, um, poll the membership on creating particular policies such as a policy uh, in opposition to autonomous weapons. Um, so, um, uh, so I think the members, the people in the field were very ready uh, to actually get serious uh, about their impact. So what we've heard here is that the winds of change, or at least the soft breezes of change, are blowing for robotics manufacturers and artificial intelligence researchers to take up social and ethical responsibility for their creations. This is becoming more important every day, and not just for autonomous weapons systems, but for technology and the progress of technology in general. But that's a whole other hobby horse that I don't want to ride away on just now. So that's all for now, and you can find out more about upcoming podcasts at icrackpodcast.wordpress.com. I'll be speaking to you again soon, and I hope you'll be listening.